1: welcome to the podcast everybody so uh this week i read a book that i spent a lot of time on i read a couple of books this week that i will share Let's what go. i've learned the one was called uh five personality patterns mm. this is going to be useful for you for uh understanding why you don't get along with your partner in certain ways okay. um for dealing with conflict between people that don't seem to see the world in the same way you do and i know never have a problem with that yeah that's always easy there's a lot of these types of ways that I've read in the past to understand it. This is definitely one of the better ones. So, I was surprised that it took me so long to find it. Like some people love Myers-Briggs, I've I haven't found that nearly as as valuable as I think this will be. So, it's based on the idea that people encounter problems when they're little dealing with intense experiences. And because they are little, from you know ranging anywhere from like infant to just a few years old, they have very immature ways of dealing with it. They can't calmly sit you down and say hey mother when you do this i find it you know and so they have to they have this mounting frustration or energy and how they deal with it determines the mode that they often go to in their life so the ways are number one is leaving which is the sense of there's a problem and i'm just gonna whew, fair you know okay, <laughs> like, okay. i'm kind of out of here uh, and that's associated with people that don't feel often, they're often frail. They're not as connected with their bodies. And by the way, these, you you don't necessarily just have one of these, but this this tends to put you in, in a certain direction. Um, that their feeling is that uh, they don't feel like
2: safe at all. And the
1: only way to be safe is just to get the hell out of there.
2: Well, so they emotionally might, leave. So you can disconnect and they can just be like a zombie in front of you. Yes. Or they can they could physically leave. Physically
1: right? remove themselves and they don't want to deal with, with any sort of... Um, not heightened, sort of heightened heightened, heightened intensity. confrontation. Yeah. a fight breaks out they're out it's sad or it's aggressive frozen. it's whatever and the freeze is also a very common thing which is actually like i've left the building you know yeah. I, my body is here but i have i've gone somewhere else uh so that's that's one strategy the other one is called merging uh the idea of merging is that you um at some point in growing up you had to attune to your caretakers so much because uh they were not reliable in the way that you needed them to be. So you needed to like very, very closely attuned to them. Now, we all had this experience at one time or another because we were all literally merged with our mothers. We were inside of her at one point. Um, but this isn't developed past this point in certain people. So there's two types of this. The first way is just pure merging, which is someone who um, the way that they solve problems is by falling apart and getting weak and hoping that someone will save them or rescue them. Um, He calls this, and I think that it's fair to say, that this is sort of the most feminine pattern these people, and by the way, all of these have gifts. Like this person is probably very into connection and interpersonal relationships. They can gauge the feeling of everyone in a room. They're extremely attuned to what other people are feeling because the only way to stay safe is in relationship with other people. You're not gonna say, screw this. I don't need you guys. I'm out of here. You need to find a way to be copacetic with people. Mm. So like these, these tend to develop skills in people that can be very positive, but the downside of it is that uh, when difficult things happen, they literally, they go into a posture energetically and physically like, ugh, collapse. The motto of this type of person is, I can't, it's too hard, you know, I don't know what to do. And in the way, that way of behaving um, like a very fragile thing, they call in other energies that love to be rescuing energies. Mm. That, that type of person. Which is what? Well, we'll get to that later. Okay. So, so then there's the flip side of this, which is compensated merging. Now, if you've heard that, type you'll know that that is uh, especially outside of women that is not like smiled upon in society falling apart is not it's one of the least accepted strategies in our culture right now so a way that people deal with this when actually what they're doing is fall apart is they flip the role and they become the caretaker to everyone else so they're still totally attuned to everyone in the room but when they feel cold in a room they'll say are you guys feeling cold are you guys Oh, you're cold? I'm going to get the AC. And the only way that they can start to help themselves is through helping other people. And this is like the mother that is smothering because it's her need for connection that she's feeling and not the child's. And so she thinks he needs rescuing. He needs this. I have to get in there. I have to help him. Oh, I'm doing this all for him. This is your like standard long-suffering. I've done everything for you. But it doesn't really feel like that when you're on the other side and maybe you feel guilty about it. That's the compensated merger, which is they're very much tapped into your energy but won't acknowledge that that's what's going on. Interesting. That like, they'll be self-serving, but they're going to tell everyone constantly that they're serving other people. And they'll often convince other people that that's what they're doing. Um, and again, these these have gifts as well. They're extremely attuned. Are you hungry? Are you this? Is you that? But really what they're feeling is like, I'm nervous that you um, haven't noticed me or needed me in a while. And so this is the mother that can't let go of her child's need for her and doesn't, um, struggles with the child separating and no longer needing her. Mm. Um, this, of course, this can also happen in men. Um, so yeah, that's the merging. Then the the next one would be the uh, enduring pattern. This is someone, and again, this can occur for any number of reasons. They're also based on skills that you sort of innately came here with so you know if you're really good at just emotional attunement from a very young age merging is going to be easier for you Mm. if you're really good at hunkering down and taking shit enduring is going to be good for you and the idea is that the enduring pattern is you it's the one that you would imagine this prototypical man of few words soldiers through it shit happens around him he's kind of like the mountain in the storm doesn't really react is slow to act speak or whatever and just you know the mountain and how can you tell the difference between that and like disconnection like the person who's frozen versus the mountain uh the person who is frozen you will you will feel this is part of it a sense of groundedness with the person who is enduring like they're present the, he talks about the body type of the enduring it will often look very different than the leaving person because the enduring type still is in their body they're, they're just like grounding, they're, they're sinking in, they're kind of um, energetically taking a squat position as they brace for things. Got the it. leaving person is, <laughs> they're, they're more likely to be um, thinner, not take as much care of their body, not feel any sort of hunger or any sort of that kind of stuff because they're so disconnected from their bodily sensation. Got it. Um, and by the way, you, you can break any of these rules and have multiple ones running at different times in different sorts of things. One thing he doesn't say in the book that I see is that I notice the people in my life have one strategy that they tended to really use with mom and another strategy they tended to use with dad and those tend to correlate to how they deal with men and women or like you know the, the types of challenges their dad gave them versus the types of challenges their mom gave them in life. Um, Interesting. And so the enduring type is someone who energetically they send it down into the earth. They're someone who um, they didn't, at the time of they were developing, have the capacity to like outright fight their parents. So they become someone who might outwardly say yes, but will move really slow. They'll drag their feet. They self-sabotage. And the hallmark of them is they do not like to be pulled into other people's agendas. So like if you, and I, and I feel this in myself. Me too. If if you get like, yeah, like I'll sit here and you can rage all day at me, and you could tell me that I should do this, and I go, okay, I'll think about it. <laughs> what I mean is no fucking way, <laughs> never ever ever. I'm not even letting in what you said at all. But I can take your raging at me forever, you mm. know, because I can just hunker down. And so this type of person, you know, there's gifts of this, which is their grounded in a crisis they're they're not the type that's going to freak out when things go bad they can slow down and you know find themselves a difficulty for them is that if they detect anyone else's agenda even if it's an agenda for them to get better go to college move on heal whatever they're going to resist it because they don't know their own agenda they only know that they don't want to do someone else's Uh. thing and so they're defined by their resistance, and this is the self sabotage um, and it might not even be obvious to them that they're self-sabotaging. I feel this in myself when um, sometimes in arguments where it's the feeling that I get when it's like I cannot concede at all, ever, in this argument. The, the best way for you to influence me, though, is to state your argument and walk away from me because the more you push it, the harder I push back against you and so the idea is if you're making a request of this type and i feel this with you all the time i have to say it and then leave it and not do it but if i try to if i want to get a massage and i and i say i want to go i want to go i want to go i want to go let's get a massage we should do it you'll fight me harder but if i say one time in the morning yo we should get a massage today and then don't bother you and then say at three o'clock do you want to go do that you'll you're way more likely to say yes than if i really want to Don't use your techniques against me i i did this i've known this for a long
2: time how dare you i didn't need this book <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah for sure i definitely feel the agenda i felt it in work mm-hmm. most if you've ever worked a job charlie i worked what do <laughs> you <mean>? remember <laughs> i remember uh it's been some years but i think guys guys we're gonna do it this way yes. we're gonna have it done this way with yeah. the, from the manager who has no fucking idea what the fuck is going <laughs> on in the job you know we're gonna pick up the cups this way we're gonna got it 100 yep, yep. Yes. And it's,
1: <laughs> yes. And which means yeah. no. No way. No way. No way. And, yes. And it's, you yeah. haven't been here fucking three months. Yes. And there's this, there's this um, passive aggressiveness sometimes, which is like, I don't, I'm not going to fight you, but I'm not going to cave to you yeah. at all. The Next type is aggressive, which is this is the person who in that same scenario would go, you've only been here three months. Why the heck would I? No, that doesn't make any sense. They're going to,
2: they're going to fight. Yeah
1: because this is much more and they were than- all in this
2: room by the way the aggressive <laughs> spoke up with the me sitting there and be like got it 100 percent. so you're saying that like at this event- occurs it occurs yeah. yeah like the we saw everyone speak up at this time. the aggressive person went, yeah why this is dumb and yeah yeah and no way just,
1: and you just went just say yes just and, say yes and, and don't not do it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the aggressive type is uh the idea is that their energy comes uh up and out i feel this all the time and when i say energy it's like it's just this energy of combativeness that i'm very aware of in myself which is if you come if you push at me i won't just resist you i will like force my agenda back i will push harder back at you which is enduring is just like you can crash against me all you want i'm not going to push my agenda onto you ever i'm not going to tell you no this is how we do the cups i'm you're just not moving me yeah this is like oh yeah well, you shouldn't even be mad <laughs> you know, like, um, and the idea of this type is that they, their personality is structured around a time where they did feel fu- strong enough to win fights. And I won fights, you know, like, uh, or at least they had enough internal resources that when they lost the fight, they didn't surrender. And so that was a big one for me. Is like, I would lose fights with dad in particular, like physically he could restrain me or, you know, tell me what to do. But there was a part of me that is like, I, I will never quit. Like I will, just, <laughs> the, the resistance has just begun. The res- <laughs> the the I will go underground. I will sabotage you at every, and and I will, and, I, and you will know it is me <laughs> that is doing it. And it will have my name on it. You know what I mean? And this is the different thing. Like the enduring pattern, you're not necessarily going to know that they're, f- that they're doing it. The aggressive pattern, you're going to know
2: that they're fighting you. Yeah. Um, God, I can't just stop thinking that you've just been using the massage. <laughs> uh, saying it in the morning, and that's then, not. That's
1: one example. I know that you. I know I'm stuck you there. Fight I'm yes. League of Legends. If I tell you to do something, you won't do it. Yes. You won't do it, Henry. Go back, Henry. Go back, Henry. They're going to get you, Henry. They're going to get you. I've been actually doing better with that. You've been doing better. Yeah. yeah you can listen now a little yeah. bit, but literally, you would rather you will just
2: walk forward and die. Well, you know what's interesting, Um, if we're going to use me as a study case, I felt very more confrontational with my father than I did with other men. Mm -hmm. I think I would say I'm enduring with men, but confrontational with my dad. Maybe. Think about sports. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like really bad. Yes. And it's,
1: I don't, I think to say, he, this is where I disagree with him. He says that you have one primary and one backup, and I totally disagree. I think a better way to view this is through the lens of uh, internal family systems therapy. Which, as we have multiple parts that are sort of frozen at different ages in our life, ah, uh, yeah. And when you're in sports, you might be in aggressive mode. You know what I mean? Or mm. when, like, it, it's not, and it's not sports. It's like that. The energy of that. One hundred percent. Yes. And you just yeah, it's going to call that out in you. And so I see all of these at different times in my life. Like leaving for me, when I think of you know being abused, that was what I did. I it's gone. It's no problem <laughs> like that. That was, and I've that fight or flight. That's what I did at that point in my life. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so I see all of these ones, but the one that is that you'll most often detect in me is aggressive. Now it's tempered, and this is the reason that I don't look just like it by all of the presence of these other types. So
2: anyway, the aggressive one is um, self asserting. One thing I remember you telling me about the aggressive was like they believe that the self asserting, that, the world is solved through their agenda. Yes. And so all of these have a wound. Um, and I
1: paid more attention to the aggressive one because that was the one that I resonated with. But if I can go through. The, the leaving one's wound is they didn't feel safe being embodied. Like they don't feel safe at all in their body. The merging one's wound is um, that they can't get full. That like they need they feel this need for other people to fill them up and they don't feel themselves inside of themselves. and there's this always this need to get someone else to put inside of your system. Uh, the enduring type is I believe I don't remember as well because I I don't I didn't read it as closely. The uh, aggressive type is that they didn't feel contained by a more loving, more powerful force. And this is very true of me growing up for a lot of period, which is imagine if you lived in a world where there was nobody that was both simultaneously more loving and more powerful than you. Well, then you're the ultimate backstop. You're the only one that can be leaned upon and you can never fall apart because you're, outside of you is either less loving or less powerful. You know, that's, yeah. that's all that there is outside of you. And- if you have that experience true or not about the world of you know the container that your parents kept so for me it was you know conflict with my dad meant that i saw him as in some cases and this it was like spot on at sometimes this often occurs in young men who rescue their mothers from their evil fathers which is not true but is what it can feel like sometimes yeah. right and so I can't rely on this force outside of myself to be bigger and stronger. I'm the ultimate thing. I'm the oldest brother. Advantages of this are when it comes to problem solving, I believe every problem has is, is solvable by me and is created by me. So I am more capable of solving problems than other types are that might just quit or fall
2: apart. Um, yeah, and it makes you incredibly resourceful because you feel like it's just a lack of information that you need in order. So it helps with entrepreneurship. It's like, yes. Uh, You take Alex from Mosey's advice. I just don't have enough information. Invest in myself. I'll get it solved through me. Mm -hmm. It's not out there that's going to get it as maybe the merger would. The merger would be like, I need someone else to come solve this specific problem with, I don't know if you want to take business, for example, the marketing aspect of our product. You're like, I know how the world works. Well, merging is just like, I can't do
1: it. Someone else has to do it. So the, the aggressive might say, someone can teach me. I need to get someone to teach me. And so it's not that you can't receive the help of other people. Okay. But it's, it's that there's this fundamental belief of I am the one. I am the one in some way who keeps the world going. Like this is the person who does not ever relax into the Tao, the flow of life. Mm-hmm. Like they are the engine which, you know, and you can't trust the universe. Like the idea of even trusting the universe is just absurd, you know. I think these people are probably oftentimes going to tend towards the atheistic perspective because – like to believe in a God that has your back (laughs) that is bigger and stronger and more powerful and can be trusted you wouldn't be atheist is antithetical to this and so I look at it and go oh that that's interesting that I came to that conclusion early at the same time that I was like I'm there's nothing bigger than me out there there's nothing like nothing is keeping me safe other than luck and you know the things that I can see and me ultimately yeah um And so that's the aggressive type. And again, there's advantages, disadvantages. It talks about them. They often uh, coincided. That was the one that was closest to me. And then there's the rigid type. Um, The rigid type is rather than merging types, which reference other people, what do you feel? So that will tell me what, you know, what is safe for me to feel and what I feel. Or the aggressive type, which is like, what do I feel? Let me assert that in the world. The rules type is what is the, the rigid type is what do the rules say. And so they lack connection with themselves. You can think of somebody who was like raised in a very strict Catholic, you know, there's there's this watching presence of the rules, which could be hippie rules, it could be Catholic rules, it could be rules of being a real man, it could be something out there. But the you gotta follow these rules. And the way that they deal with people is they don't say, I'm gonna take it from you or you need to give it to me. They say, The rules say you should give it to me, (laughs) you know, and they often become very good at um, referencing the rules. These people tend to live, and I see this sometimes more in the past in myself, is that this type of person does not understand that there is a world outside of words. Like the way that they interact can be very surface level with words where they want check boxes of how to like do things right, make you happy. And um, when they're unable to get checkboxes and rubrics and you say broader things, then like, I just want you to understand me. I wish you could see me clear. Like, that's that's very frustrating to a type that just wants like, I want a clear checkbox of like, I come
2: home, I take off my coat, I give you a kiss. Or think of school as if you're a young kid and it's like, I know my homework versus like today, you're going to have to go do creative writing and we're going to see
1: how creative you are. It's like, no, I want to know five paragraphs and I tell me, you know, like- how many it's, words? How many words? How, how many do this, I win at this? How do I win? Yes. Or how do I not lose? How, and, it's, and it's, yeah, how do I not lose? How do I not? Because breaking the rules is a real fear of this particular type. Um, perfectionism is huge in this type. Um, and because the rules are such this terrifying overlord, also there's an evasiveness and an inability to like own, like the perfectionism can also lead to a hiding of one's weaknesses yeah. yeah um and in the uh, which is similar to the aggressive type which is weaknesses are avoided um for a different reason which is that they they just feel way too vulnerable like they're you know they're they're so if you're the master of the universe you and you yeah. have some fa- faults
2: <laughs> it's no longer the master of the universe yeah
1: um so broadly those are the five types there's more that i could say it's nearly 400 pages of book there's more in there but i thought that this was uh It's been a very interesting way to uh, one lens through which to view various relationships in my life. And I think what it purports to do that it does do is it gives me an understanding for why I am unable to be understood by certain people because It's it's a helpful roadmap. Yes. To be like, oh, this person is only they're very rules oriented. And when I say things to them, like, dude, I just wish you could feel my heart. You know, like I wish you like that doesn't that where's the checklist there's no way to actualize that is there uh, stuff in the book that's like here's what happens when these two personalities interact yeah there's some of it so like one that is very common which is my romantic relationship is um merging types and aggressive types so oftentimes you get one type that wants to merge and the other type that is is dominant um it talks about the exercises that each one needs there's broadly four exercises and they sound they can sound airy fairy but i think that they're uh a felt sense of them is incredibly powerful one is me not me this sounds crazy but this is probably true for you if you're out there is that people do not know if they're feeling their own feelings or someone else's yeah like they you it's crazy to to have this realization that you uh if you're that merging type and you're going he looks cold it's like no You're cold (laughs) and you don't know how to feel your own feelings and address them directly. So you need to find it in him. Or I think he needs a hug. It's like, no, you need to hug him. And you're not, you are so used to not detecting the difference between those two things that it's very challenging. So merging types really need to like work on me, not me. And when you first have that first experience of, holy shit, I've gone my whole life without really seeing other people. Yeah. Because what I saw when I looked at them is that person needs me to hug them. That person needs me to this. Like, no, no, no. That's what you're wanting to do or feeling need that is inside of you. But that's not coming from them. And yeah. it's, a, it's a trip. And especially in relationships when you get two people that are each confused about what's happening. And oftentimes you find people confused in ways that support your you. It can be very tough to untangle because now you have, oh, no, she is cold. It's like, yeah, I am. And it's, that's just the pattern that you guys have gotten used to. So me, not me is one of the things. Core is one that um, the aggressive types feel connection with. The rigid types don't feel connection with. The enduring types feel like they've put their core like really low on the ground and it can take a lot of time. That's why they like to go away. They can't feel their core quickly. They need like a lot of space and no other energy in order to feel their core. But the core is the part of you that people ask, I don't know what I want. I'd like you – know, somebody asked me, what do you want? That's where you go to ask is your – and physically it can feel like the center of your body. It can feel like uh, all the parts of your spine down to your, your perineum basically where you would find the different chakra systems in, in like uh, eastern tradition. But some element of your gut, your heart, your whatever, some amalgam of that is your core. And I have found that that is an incredibly part of my, it's a deep, important part of my experience. It's where, when I'm at my best, I'm speaking from and talking from and I can feel it. And that's what this book says is that when you're speaking to this aggressive type, what they're listening for is if you're talking from your core. And if you aren't, there's this discomfort that I know arises in me. And so, like, my lie detector is actually not based on whether Facts. something makes logical sense totally. It's, is someone deeply connected with their core, which can actually make me very susceptible to people who lie, but are very convinced of it. So, when I listen to, I mean, I'll t- I have watched Andrew Tate, for instance, on camera. Talk about the ways in which he committed tax fraud and talk about the ways, you know, that, that he calls himself a pimp and all of these things and and come, if not fully admitting, within a hair's breadth of admitting to sex trafficking in a course on how to run camps. I've watched that video at length. But then when I watch him speak, he speaks from his fucking center, man. Like, and I go, I'm listening. <laughs> you know, like, okay, maybe, maybe it was just for TikToks. And I have to constantly remind myself, because I'm actually not. The facts come second to me than compared to if someone's speaking from the core.
2: It's also, I think, uh, that's the negative. That's the downside. But it's yeah. also like being so perceptive of when people are incongruent. I can also tell when people are lying when other people can't subtly. Yes. Yeah. And that's really, really
1: helpful. Yes, I can tell when someone's not speaking from their gut, from their core, from their center. And uh, so that's, that's one interesting thing. And every, every type can benefit from these, but certain types benefit more from the me, not me. From the development of the core, the rigid type develop like needs to develop. What does the, the enduring
2: core? type need? Because I feel the I un- f- have that felt sense of my core being buried deep in time to for it to
3: mm-hmm. to ec- excavate. Mm-hmm. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons.
2: The enduring well, type? I, I don't remember
1: exactly. I can tell you the types, you can tell me which ones, but it has like a list of these. But um one is edge, which is
2: it's me, not me, but it's like where is my edge? Like so I know where no is. Which uh-huh. is what which is what rang yeah. true for Rev uh what felt resonant <sighs> when you talked about the enduring type, which is like you I know your agenda and we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. So like we can get there via no's, like <laughs> and we can get a big circle around the no and I'd be yeah. like, There he is. He's yeah. all these no's. Yeah. Yeah, um, which is in a weird way. So I was wondering if there was like an exercise. She's like, how about like you, I, maybe it's like when you ask your girlfriend to get to, get to eat and she's like, oh, I'm down for anything. You're like, I yeah. about tacos. <laughs> she's like, no. Or like, how about pizza? No. Yeah. It's like, you know yeah. what you want to eat then. Yeah. yeah, but I'm not sure. But she doesn't know. She only knows her no. Know. She can't yes. find
1: the, and this is, this is, that's, a, that's a small example, but it's like, yeah, you can't find the you in there. And that's often true for merging types is that finding you isn't safe. Mm. like it's not okay to reference me it's safer which is like more annoying for me to just hesitate like say no to certain things than it is for me to go to my actual want
2: yes and, and say, people this can't is what I want. find it yeah. you know
1: and I've, I've sat down with many people they're like what do you want and they really can't do it yep um and it, i have a deeper level of understanding for that another ad- enduring thing that i thought is interesting is if you get into those conversations where someone asks you for advice and then says yeah but a hundred times that's that's an enduring pattern. So we saw this that we went to a creator event and you saw somebody go, Hey, oh, uh, yes. advice. And they go, Yeah, I couldn't do that because and they just do it three times. It's just I knew to okay, I, I can hear you not listening, but another lens to add to that is you're asking me to help find you. You're not sure what you want, and you only know how to resist in order to find yourself, you know. Mm. So in in having me do this, it could be helpful to you, but it's like also I don't want to play the role of like fake advice giver. I'd rather go directly and sit patiently with you. And that's a new thing, which is like when I sense people that are resisting advice, I'm gonna go, look, I'll take the if you want to do this, I can actually try to help you, which is let's find you. What do you want? I don't know. Let's take some time. <laughs> you know, like, you know, let's slow it down.
2: Um, and so that's that's a new that's it's your confrontation, wanting to get mm-hmm. right direct with the agendas. Though maybe what he needs is to go yes. through it's the nose yeah. and to separate or to process through mm-hmm. a few nos, a few more. Yeah, nos. I don't like going. And direct. you're like, let's get mm-hmm. down to the fucking core, yeah. and so let's and- have my core versus your core. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so what I what I notice in myself is that um, I think it's uh, the aggressive energy to other people can feel intimidating because it has an agenda. And I've noticed this in myself. When I speak to people, I'm not trying to hurt them or something, but they can sense me probing for truth. I think, or it's oh, actually yeah. it's probing for congruence. Yep. And they feel it. And especially when they're when not you, congruent, when you key on it, like you're like a yeah. drug dog. Yes. And I can under. I'm not trying to. Honestly, I, to me, that's helpful. Like, let's find core. You know what I mean? Yep. Oh, that doesn't match your core. Uh uh-uh, uh. There's a discrepancy here. That's like a gift from me an intended gift is you're deeply trying to help and I see people that have strategies where it's not safe to feel their core feel that as judgmental or aggressive or you're pointing out my flaws or you're you know what I mean like and for me the greatest gift is those people in my life when I stray from my core who reflect me back to my core you yeah, know yeah. and go where are you in this I go oh. You know, it's like, that doesn't make sense. It's like, oh, yeah, like helping me find me when I'm lost is the greatest thing. But for other people, that is not so great. Like that needs to be done with a tremendous degree of yeah. slowness and tenderness because core is just not okay for mm. them. Um, so there's some, there's a lot of interesting stuff. If you want to read the book, you could do it. I've, I've given you the parts that I think are um, most interesting. We talked about rigid, talked about these things. And the, the addendum that I had, which I mentioned, is uh, – I do disagree with his assertion that you have one, one primary, one backup. I see, I see all of these present in different relationships, and uh, I certainly am not fully explained by the aggressive type. Like you get into certain things with the aggressive type, where this type is supposed to be um, unimpacted by, you know, people resisting, and I and I have a tremendous amount of guilt, and it's like, oh, there's also. I also have this rules type in me that has a rules thing that is ruling my morality and my behavior in a way that you would not predict if you just read this book and diagnosed me as a as an aggressive type. So that was an interesting thing that I did this week. Anything that you wanted to add?
2: Uh, I've been reading What Happened to You by Oprah. By, by Oprah? Yeah. Oprah and another guy. I mean, they're the uh, one voicing it. What happened to you? Got it. Um, there was two things that I thought interesting. One was the subconscious having triggers uh, as sensitive as just smelling something to send you into like a, a state. Mm-hmm. The other idea is uh, the idea of dosing in therapy of like uh, you can overwhelm a patient pretty easily when uh, by not listening to where they're at currently. And so for the dosing story, they use the idea of this three year olds tra- mom tragically dies in front of him and months and weeks later the dad is walking with the kid in the grocery store and he goes up to the store clerk and says my mom's dead And he goes oh honey i'm so sorry thanks and then the dad upon leaving the store says hey if anything's going on let me know and he goes okay like you know you can tell me anything if there's anything like you need to talk about right now mm-hmm. and he's like starts shaking and then he like gets in the car and he's like you don't have to shake you don't have to get and what um, the story is trying to illustrate, the kid eventually runs out of the car and then runs in the traffic. And so the therapist got the call, my son is trying to kill himself. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, walk me through what happened each way. And what the kid needed, what the therapist said, was that the kid needed is to just be acknowledged in that moment that his mom wasn't here. Mm-hmm. And to go any further at that specific time was overwhelming. And then he tried to kill himself after being questioned eight mm-hmm. times. Yeah, and yeah. this idea of dosing coming really... Uh, is an important step in therapy of mm. like realizing when you've had too much and realizing for other people like when you've gone too far and listening. Because mm-hmm. um, there were signs, especially as, as a parent for the three-year-old, that they this was an overwhelming experience. Yeah, yeah. And maybe with some silence, he would have seen that the kid would have opened up more yeah rather than trying to, you can tell me anything. Um, I was going to say the way that I view that is not necessarily, well,
1: I, I think don't think dosing is wrong, but I, I it's like that kid needs space. Yes a big dose of space. It's actually, so I don't view it as a dosing issue. I view it as a medicine issue. Like mm. if he was giving him too many questions and it's like, that's not the wrong dose, that's the wrong medicine. <laughs> like, Interesting, yeah. Like sit with him quietly and I don't think it's wrong to view it as dose. You need this much question and this much
2: space mm-hmm. is is what it feels like. Well, for the three-year-old, he might have just gone back to playing cars and from sure. your perspective, sure would have been totally happy all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was what I I found interesting cuz I've had experience in therapy and um, psychedelic therapy where you come out and you're like I've had enough mm-hmm. and like I need to literally watch TV and like shut my brain off and yeah. then and like the dose has been enough. What do uh, you
1: think about those experiences and I think there's a, a of course a subtlety. And then maybe this is my aggressive type cuz I've all I've definitely experienced that and I'm tapped out and I've also experienced times where I thought I was at my edge and I got a little gentle push and I was able to go further. I'm not suggesting that for a 3 year old. But it does seem like if you leave 100% the patient in charge of saying when it's too much, you can get types that are like, no, don't go there.
2: No, don't go there. No, don't yep. go there. And yep. you can
1: never get yep. through. Yep. And that something. person runs the show. Yeah. And and so there does seem to need to be a collaboration if you want to between like, you know, doctor or patient or healer yep. and and thing that is, I'm listening intently to you. And at times I'm going to ask you if
2: we can push a little bit further than you're comfortable with. Yeah. You know, an important thing to figure out. Personally, I've most of the times where people ask me if I would like to go back in, which usually meant Mm -hmm. closing my eyes for another 20 minutes and seeing what comes up is I did. Um, and then even times where I was just like, I need to still be alone even longer than the space is allowing. Like people are cleaning up and going home and I'm just going to still stay alone because I need to stay here. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that's an interesting one because that can be, I don't know if that fits into any of the personality types, but as like uh, as a helplessness um, sort of strategy to get to, to avoid pain or pleasure or any suffering, you know what I mean? what is to just say to, no? to say no yeah. to say you're going too fast it's not my dose it's and to you use can
1: also strat- go too far you can be someone who's perpetually in overdrive and says yes one more i could do one more push-up one more pull-up like i think of like david Goggins is like yes more more and it's like for that and i see this you know we're talking about psychedelics um for some people what they need is the healer therapist to be like we're gonna take a lower dose than you want and for some people it's like whatever we'll control that dose but i'm i'm going to um when you're saying i can't handle this anymore i'm going to go to the bathroom i'm going to get out of here is it, what if you just stayed yeah and so there is this real subtle felt collaboration and it's not like do you need more do you need less it is this um yeah it's tough to imagine an
2: ai ever being able to detect get it right <laughs> yeah oh, your eyes kind blink of three yeah. times must yeah. mean you need to stay in the room here's yeah. more <laughs> yeah um and then the other thing that i thought that was interesting was just they told the story of two different kids um, both really traumatic, uh, childhoods. One was in a coma after being, uh, thrown off the stairs by their foster parent. And the, again, the therapist walks into the room and they're studying the subconscious and how powerful it can be with triggering old states. And the guy in the room is wearing the same perfume as the foster father, and the kid starts thrashing about like heart rate at normally one or at 60 or 70, whatever normal heart rate is, spikes to like 130, like they're running a marathon for the 10 minutes the guy's in the room and they can't figure out why. And then the guy puts two and two together, the therapist is like, here's something as Minor as your subconscious remembering a smell of mm-hmm. someone who abused you and you went into your flight or flight response. And then they talk more about the different responses because a similar thing happened with another kid who was in class and his teacher had a cologne on that was mm-hmm. similar to his dad who abused him and he was the disconnection type. And he, they couldn't figure out why this student always was good in every other class and then in this class would be really combative with his male teacher. Yeah. Um, and the therapist, can you change yeah i i noticed you're wearing a perfume do you mind for the next three months wearing a different perfume as we do this work and like they can't pin it all on the perfume but what they saw was the kid would fight with the guy and then disconnect which was the same pattern he had Mm -hmm. as a young kid with his parent um which was just a reminder of how powerful your subconscious is and how much it's Mm -hmm. working all the time that you can be for one kid in a coma remember a smell and then your body react yeah um Crazy. Yeah, and it's,
1: and it's also t- t- making broad generalizations about this is the thing that I take from this book is okay. So you have a pattern with your dad. You might take that pattern to all other men or to all other situations that feel competitive or to all other situations that, in
2: whatever way, smell like
1: your it dad. It ma- like wasn't a female
2: or, teacher, it was just another male teacher. And, and
1: you can't draw it one to one, which is like, okay, this is how you're going to be with men. But it's like, look, if you get a vibe that is like this vibe. Yep you're going to go into this thing. And so, the, yeah, these aren't perfect cookie cutter. I can predict 100%, but you do see these sorts of threads, which is things that feel like mom, I'm going to behave like I did with mom. Things yep. that feel like uh, this dad here, but things that feel like dad when he was drunk are going to behave like this. And things that feel like dad when he was nice guy, I'm going to behave like this. And you get... Uh, whole suite of a person and a personality that is somewhat erratic unpredictable doesn't seem to respond in a way that you might predict from the more uh objective view of safety of an environment that is you know but still helpful to go back and sort of understand these these sorts of uh strategies that people have and how they can get drug along for such a long period of time yeah
2: and then I think the title that they've reiterated three times is like it's not why are you like the way you are. It's what happened to you, mm-hmm. which they continue to rephrase and remind you mm-hmm. that you are an amalgamation of the things that happened to you, and that they're better mapping and directions mm-hmm. to why you do the things you do than the normal thing is why are you like this. Yeah, and it just doesn't add. Ask a lot of. A, not very empowering there's uh i read it to you maybe i read it to, to i don't know if i did but this idea
1: it was like from 1750 they showed in the book that i read this is how was an oh, essay yeah. on child rearing which is like the good news about the first several years of a child's life is they don't remember anything that you did so this is where you can be very severe with them and and shape their thing you want to break their will in this period of time because they won't even remember that you've done it and this mistaken idea which is a shame but it matches our own experience that we don't remember because our prefrontal cortex wasn't totally developed then but our emotional responses
2: which dictate the rest of our life have been being assembled since the womb even in saying that they like know it to be true though like you won't remember but but like, his d- will
1: is broken <laughs> from that point on and yeah, it's like, like oh my god it is to think how uh formative those formative years are yeah. and while you can make, you know, tremendous progress on that sort of thing it is there's value to going in and saying i don't have clear memory of all of this stuff but that doesn't mean that it's not real and that i didn't draw conclusions at an emotional limbic instinctual level from from those early experiences yeah. which were by the way primarily not based on what someone said to me but were based on this vibe that i've and as you get older, I think, you get used to shutting out vibes of situations. You don't – because you're going in, you're talking, hey, what's up? Nice to meet you. You're thinking, how's my eye contact? How's my this? But you're not feeling the – the really, energy is the appropriate word, the energy of a room because you have so many other high-stimulus ways of engaging. And there's value to being like, what is the energy of this room bringing up reminding me of not to condemn the rumor the people in it but just to notice what's this me? is going to dictate my my yep. reaction on which i will place all of these charisma rules or uh social graces on top of all of that but what am i building on here yeah 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 and uh i think people lose track of the, the vibe which is the foundation of people are like you know i'm so nervous in this situation i do this and yeah you can place all the lines and all of the things on top of that but it is helpful to understand what this vibe is for you. And it might be, it's oftentimes for young men talking to young girls, it's one of just abject fucking terror. (laughs) You know? (laughs) But sweet lines. Yeah, and some sweet lines on top of it. Yeah. There's one other thing, speaking of guys and girls, that was from another book that I read. Uh, I know a lot of people, myself at, at times included, that are, you might call them guy or girl crazy. And the idea that we take that and call that love or romance or something and in these in the union tradition which i actually believe is true is that it's he calls anima or animus projection which is you're projecting your own if you're a woman and you're in a in your heterosexual you would project your own inner masculine onto a man and if you're a guy you would project your own inner feminine onto a woman and then fall deeply in love with that person or into deep need or obsession oh God, with that person so outside of yourself. <laughs> well, no, it's actually, it's, it's, I, for instance, what that might look like is there's a part of me that I think I've gotten to know better that would be uh, sensitive, loving, vulnerable, able to cry, able to feel deeply into life. And that was split off for me as a result of my culture and what I needed to do to get by in my life. And then I see a sensitive, vulnerable, loving person out there that has some of those, and I project all of my stuff onto them, all of the things that I am deeply missing in myself, and I can become obsessed with that. And now I don't say that because that's not acceptable. What I say is, what's acceptable? Well, she's so hot or she's so this. You know, I have to couch it in terms and understand it in terms that are acceptable. Or if that's not, if it's not that she's hot, it's like, you know, we just have so much chemistry or whatever, whatever your social circle will accept that allows you to become obsessed with this pursuit. So this is is how he
2: describes how people fall in that
1: deep sort of like infatuation? Yeah. Well, so what I see is, is, yes, and I think much of what we call love today, and probably for a long time, is anima or animus projection, which occurs when you take someone and you split them off for parts of themselves in order to... Fill their social role or survive, and as I have, um, and this happens naturally over the course of the relationship. They call it the honeymoon period, which you can view as like imagine if you had goggles over someone and you just projected all of the most these wonderful parts of yourself that you miss onto them, and you missed so much of them as a result of it. You miss their flaws, their because you're just so happy to finally get to feel those feelings that are yours. These are your feelings, but you're not allowed to touch them unless. Mm. this other person brings them in so the feeling of like safety that perhaps a woman gets when she's with a man is creatable inside of herself but she hasn't necessarily learned that way to feel just held and safe and taken care of by a stronger presence um and like that vulnerability is protected
2: and and i think important distinction that i didn't initially felt i felt like it was this person projecting things that this person didn't have but um, no you have it you have it projecting on this person mm-hmm. who also has it, but what who it has does... has things like it, yeah. Th- they have the five big, say, five of them, yeah. uh, of the big key ones. They also have another other five or 10 mm-hmm. or 20 or 30 of horrible things that mm-hmm. you just are blind to because yeah. these five are so big and important to you mm-hmm. or your idea of, for us, feminism. Mm-hmm. And um, you and can or literally feminine
1: see people differently so like you can get this experience with psychedelics where somebody looks like you're like oh my god that looks just like my dad you look i had one where my female therapist looked like my dad i was like this is freaky as fuck wow and and, then the question is well what are you seeing in me at this moment that is you know doing that okay well how come she turned to a cat (laughs) yeah (laughs) question um but the uh the idea is that you're not you're truly when you haven't integrated yourself and anima and animus are huge parts of modern people that are just split like hard split um you are going to fall hard and at least in my circle that is a huge thing that i see is a real emptiness without romantic relationship and that leads to either a rushing in and then a collapse or rushing in and then there's a ton of problems or like it doesn't. There's there's very few, if any, and this is this would be an ideal. But like I'm complete, and I would like a romantic relationship, and I can see that person for their gifts and their flaws and their things, and I choose to engage with their gifts and their flaws,
2: knowing that I'm complete already. People tend to le- learn through trial and error, unless they're Romeo and Juliet, in which they kill themselves. <laughs> so. Well, and I do think that
1: I do think that there is a different way where a lot of people. Uh, I've seen a lot of men lean heavily on their wives or the women that they're with in order to access their own emotional states and not develop independent capacity to do so. And I'm sure that there's a flip side for women. I just have most of my friends are male friends that they... uh, Say, Say it again. A lot of my friends project onto a relationship that they would like to have or the relationship that they are in in, in order to have those more the, the to experience the feminine parts of themselves yeah yeah and thus become they will date someone who is from the outside you go This isn't, what you're seeing and what I'm seeing are not the same thing. And what, like, we're all seeing very different things and it's not simply because you have private sexy times with this person. It is because you are literally projecting things that aren't there that are covering up things that are there. Uh, And I do think that you can have an experience of the more healed that you get, just the clearer that you see everything in the world. You no longer need to project yourself out. You can feel yourself on the
2: inside and then let the outside world be the outside world. Yeah. I um that made me think of the conversation we had last night, which what I've keyed into, which is interesting, is sort of as you give yourself these qualities, um, and you're with a partner, you can see them a little bit more clear, mm-hmm. and then also you'll you'll recognize you'll change, and then there might be some drastic changes in your partner that they don't like this new, mm-hmm. let's say healthier, more stoic, yeah you and i'm thinking of our friend and his father uh had a big experience and what they realized is that he was kind of like the attack dog for the family like yeah they would go out to the dinner father was the attack dog the for do- the family yeah yeah. sorry if clear it up as i go if i don't say it correctly and they go say let's say they go out to dinner and the food's not good the wife might say something things feel weird and then all of a sudden he would erupt in, on the waiter and it'd mm-hmm. be all his fault that he just couldn't you know Yeah, not be confrontational with the service staff, Mm -hmm. and as it got more clear, it's sometimes that, but it's also sometimes that his wife was subversively
1: (laughs) planting discontent in him and not owning it herself and saying, "Excuse me, there's a problem with my salad," and by and was taking his own frustration. Adding hers to it, and it was coming out of his mouth, and they were going, the problem is that he can't control his anger, which is half true. Yes. The problem is also that you are just putting, underneath the table, you're just slipping him more and more weight, because you won't say, excuse me, this isn't what I asked for. His food's great. He loves this. Yeah, yeah. He's having a great time. I'm unhappy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Because you won't do the assertive thing yourself. Yeah. Uh, Yes, that is that is how I, what I see, like what most relationships seem to turn into is, and there's something beautiful about this. It's people that are incomplete, completing one another. And they say, you complete me. And that's like the most romantic thing. But I actually like from that place, there's a depth of love that you can't get to when you're in, when you're in total need of someone else. Can you want what's best for them? No, you, you need them next to you. Can you want can you want the best development of their life? Not if it takes them out of, out of you. In connection so you. So this idea of like you complete me is hopefully what it becomes is and that I'm seeing is you reminded me of the parts of myself that I didn't have and then I went out and I found them and we could still be together. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't complete me. Yeah. I, I am complete in and of myself. You compliment me. Yep. Um, but that wouldn't sound
2: as good in Jerry Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> you compliment <laughs> me. You compliment
1: me. Perfectly. And I. Don't need you, <laughs>
2: Jerry Maguire, man. No one's gonna know that reference, I don't think. Uh, is that how old I am? Yes. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Everybody knows Jerry Maguire. Get in their comments if you. Do. <laughs> One comment. I know Jerry Maguire. Know Jer- if you don't know Jerry Maguire, write it. If you don't know that yeah. scene, um, cool. Anything else? That was what I had. That's it. Beautiful. Appreciate you guys. See the rest of you on Patreon. We chatted about a, a number of things this week. I don't remember the questions. If you wanted to.
2: Uh, we talked about dating. We talked mm-hmm. about what you should do um, in relationship. Loss of a parent was one. How to deal with uh, masculinity and how to find role model, male role models if you're a guy. Um, loss of a parent. Yeah, we talked about some very deep, hard stuff. Very good. So if you guys want to support us, join
1: Patreon. We've got some more stuff for you over there. You can do so in the link in the description. Either way, we appreciate you, and I'll see you next week. Peace.